Coming up on today's show, Blood and Guts. Great match. Soft ending. We do some fantasy booking for Daniel Bryan. Myron Reed gets the MLW Middleweight Championship back. Today's NXT UK and Impact lineups. We discuss the future of RK Bro. Along with Tommy Dreamer's health status. And John DeCani attempts the Daily Wrestling News Show Gauntlet and more on this 90-second episode of the Daily Wrestling News Show. This is the Daily Wrestling News for May 6, 2021. We are powered by the Eastern Observer. My name is Ryan Joy, and I am coming to you live from Minutes to Bell Time Studio B on the beautiful shores of the great Sockendaga Lake within the Empire State's Adirondack Park. I am joined today by the living legend, John DeCani. John, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are things on Lake Sagandaggy? As my buddies used to <laughs> They're good. They're good. Uh, I'm noticing that the uh, the light from the windows is washing out my face today on video. So apologize for that if you're watching. Um, it you is here. I'm not a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's dive into blood and guts. John, what did you think of the big match last night? Uh, I think you uh, wrapped it up perfectly. Like it, it was great. It had some great spots. It, it built. It built really well. And I think we all kind of saw where it was going, so we shouldn't have been terribly surprised. But it, it, I don't want to say it fell flat, but the, the ending was a little less than you know what the match was felt like it was building to. Yeah, I um after the show went off the air, I did my results post on Facebook and. I put the question out, what did people think of the match? And by and large, people said, great match, bad ending. And um, this is two great big stipulation matches in a row for them that they've had great match, bad ending. Um, so I hope they can recover. But, you know, I, I think it was mo mainly in this case, it was camera work and stuff like that. Like Chris Jericho um, going, we didn't need to see the shot of him landing or him really on the ground because there was it was just so clear there was a crash mat and that the the stage was i don't know weird yeah, and so. even even leading up to it i mean i'm sure you know there's still a, a baby company if you will so i'm sure their producers will you know whoever's telling them go to this camera go to that camera like there should have been a shot you know we heard a couple of like chair shots going on inside the cage as they were just fiddling around up top uh, i don't I don't, I'm not even sure we saw Sammy coming out of the cage. All of a sudden, he's on the stage. We're barely getting a shot of him as he's surrendering, and I think Jake is out there too. Like there should have been some cutbacks or a picture-in-picture -picture split screen, something, you know, just to give us a oh, better overall view of what was going on. But you know, overall, it was it was a really good night. Just unfortunately for them, they just don't. They're not. They t they do so such great storytelling and such great building, and then they just. If right at the end. Yep. Yeah. Not terribly, but yeah, yeah. And I mean it's it's hard. You can't get like too critical. Yeah. Um, sorry, trying to lean back here so my face is not washed out. Um I don't want to be too critical of them because I thought the show was really, really good. I even thought the match was really good. That part just kind of left you I don't know, a little a little disappointed. And and boy, am I seeing that come through on on Facebook. So yeah, unfortunately, on the internet, 
everyone runs to, you know, whatever version of social media, mostly to bitch. So you're not going to get the people who are going to say, hey, it was really, really good, but okay, a little flat at the end. You're going to get the people going, this is, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. What are they doing? They don't know what the hell they're doing. Yeah. So that, that's always, unfortunately, going to come out on top on social yeah. media. That is true. That is true. But it was kind of an eventful night in terms of news. A lot of things came out. Um, one thing I want to mention that people might not realize, the crowd that was live, my understanding is that the only match they saw was, in fact, the Blood and Guts match. The rest were put on a big, the big TV screen um, monitor. So those were all pre-taped matches, everything that came before, the tag match, the all that stuff, uh, Britt Baker's match, SCU's match. All that was pre-taped ahead of time, and the only thing they saw was the last match, which, there you go, that harkens back to that one-match show thing we were talking about for a while. Exactly, yeah, I started thinking about that, and I meant to text you uh, or, you know, discuss with you last last night before it happened. Um, is there, I mean, my, my thought is the reasoning for that is there's not really a proper route, like, that's an amphitheater, right? So it's like, yeah half open so you're not really going to lower the cage they had to put the cage in yep but without like 20 minutes in between the main event and whatever preceded it is it makes sense that you know yeah i don't i i mean i was watching it i didn't realize this thing about the the first hour until afterwards but i thought man there's a lot of time that they're going between the i think the scu match was the last regular match and the cage i'm like oh must be they're putting the cage together but then they had the shots of Tony Schiavone down by the cage doing interviews, and there was there was no people working on it, so it was like already done. So I was I was confused about that during the during the show. But yeah, in, in Daly's place, they can't lower it. Uh, that cage didn't look to be a lowerable cage anyway. It looked like there was massive trusses part you know halfway like all over actually where uh, people could be climbing and stuff like that. If they had had fly, high flyers in that match, there would have been a whole lot more stuff happening, I think. Sure. So, God, Darby Allen wasn't in that match. <laughs> Otherwise, he would have thrown Jericho off and then did a coffin drop. <laughs> for good measure. <laughs> and so. I think next year, uh, next year they'll probably tweak it a little bit. Like, I don't know if it was supposed to happen this way because it, it looked kind of ugly when uh, – uh, who who was it? Uh, the uh, when Cash came in and he put Ortiz in the gory special, bounced him off the cage, and he slid between the cage and the ring. That usually doesn't happen in war games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that well, and then that felt a little uh, like he could have got hurt there too. You know, a lot of scrapes and stuff like that. But um, by and large, though, it was a unique apparatus, a unique cage. It was so that. I think that when they do go back to it in the future, they'll probably make tweaks to the cage. But if it has that look and that style, I think there's a lot more they can do with different style wrestlers. So I would expect the next batch of people that go into war games or blood and guts will be different style for sure. You imagine the, uh, the death triangle in there next year. Mm, possibly. And on the subject of the death triangle, Hawk gets an opportunity next week. He wrestles Orange Cassidy. The winner of that match will face Kenny Omega at double or nothing. And really setting us up for Omega and Cassidy, right? Like if Pac wins, it really takes the air out of last night uh, and Omega's confrontation with Orange Cassidy. And yet you see Cassidy going clean over Pac? 
No, I sure don't. Yeah. <laughs> so I wonder yeah. how they is it now that Kenny's pissed off, so he helped Cassidy beat Pac. Therefore, you get you know you get Kenny and Orange Cassidy, and now Pac is pissed off, so you get Pac and Kenny again somewhere down the line. You know, so because you know, obviously at first blush, like Kenny said all too well last night, like ah, you know, just just announce me and Pac. We know yeah. where this is headed. Yeah, well, and uh, you know, Pac beat Orange Cassidy at AEW Revolution last year. So if Cassidy gets this win, boy, Pac is going to be all over him. I want my rubber match. I believe that's what he said to uh, to Kenny for the better part of a year before he got it. So, so there we go. Um, that'll be happening next week. That's the one of the matches that we have next week. Next week's a loaded card, by the way. A lot of You're stuff right. happening. It's a live show. Um, so they went live two weeks in a row. So we'll see what happens there. But really important uh, dynamite next week for double or nothing. Um, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, speaking of Darby Allen, tossed him down the steps. I hope he never takes a bump like that again. Somebody needs to talk to that man. <laughs> Concrete <laughs> steps. Um, but Miro, he has a contract for a match with Darby next week. So Miro versus Darby Allen. TNT championship on the line. If Darby doesn't show, Miro gets the TNT championship. But that's not how Miro wants to win. So, do you think this is the end of Darby's run? Like, is this the one we pick for for Miro to take that belt off him? I think so. Uh, you know, I, I'd like to see it. Obviously, I'm a mark for Miro, and uh, you know, it seems like now Darby and I. I Maybe I guess Sting again, but Darby and a you know a partner can now go after Page and uh, Scorpio Sky. It, it makes sense on that uh, you know level. So, gee, I sure would love to see that. Yeah, they've been building Miro. He's unstoppable. Yeah, I don't think he's lost a singles match, and uh, I it would shock me to have Darby beat him. Plus, Darby's got this thing with Sky and Page. So, yeah, I agree with your analysis there. That it, it seems like maybe he loses the belt here. And then we have Sky and Page versus Sting and Darby at Revolution or uh, Double or Nothing. So we shall see. Cody Rhodes did beat QT Marshall as expected with Figure Four leg lock for the submission win. QT did kick out of a tombstone and the crossroads. So uh, I actually had a lot of one. what's that? Uh, QT also delivered a crossroads. Yes, he did. Yep. Um, so. But Cody gets the win with that figure four. And as I was mentioning up until the match, that I didn't think this was about Cody and QT. This is about getting somebody else started. And Anthony Agogo comes out and gives Cody a big punch to the gut. Cody will make an announcement about Double or Nothing next week, or what he's doing at Double or Nothing. And I sure hope we're going to see Anthony Agogo versus Cody in some sort of stip match or something like that to get Agogo started. So he is what Jim Ross would call a blue chipper, I think, in terms of uh, you know his boxing credentials and stuff like that. He's you know he's he's got all the tools. It's just whether or not he can get it going in the ring. Right now, he only has a punch. So. Yeah, exactly. We've we've seen a lot of him, but yet we haven't seen a lot of him. You know, he keeps popping up. He keeps uh, he's had a match and he's affected a couple other matches, but it's all been you know with that one. You know, liver punch, if you will. You know, when when Tony Khan first got his eyes on Orange Cassidy, he you know it was like, don't do too much all at once. You know, just kind of slow roll it out. 
And it could be that's what they're doing with the go-go. If he's got a full arsenal, you know, establish him as a boxer first. And then, you know, maybe next time he probably in the next react match, he's doing a poison rana off the top rope or something like that. You know, so, <laughs> yeah. so just be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Ah, uh, there we go. Yep, BJ come in one big shot to the gut. Yep, that is the finisher from uh, from our boy Anthony Agogo. But like I said, little slow roll it out. So we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, I did not realize that the winner of the tag team title eliminator match was going to get a world tag team title match next week. But now that it's happening, it makes sense to me because. Clearly, we're going to Young Bucks versus Moxley and uh, Kingston at double or nothing. So it makes sense that they got to get this SCU match done ahead of time. Yeah, for a minute there, I was, I, I had like a moment of, ooh, you know, does SCU get, you know, one more hurrah, even if it's, you know, only last two weeks? They take the titles off them just to drop them back at the pay-per-view. And it started to shake out that, yeah, we're going to Bucks versus Moxley and Kingston. So, You know, though, does it have to be? Can, can't SCU win the tag team titles and then they can do the Bucks versus Kingston and Moxley? That, ma- that match doesn't need titles, right? Oh, like, that's a big match no matter what. So couldn't we, couldn't we do that? And then SCU could have a match with a million teams, right? Sky and Page or Archer and Sting. I don't know. <laughs> Anybody. Um, so so I, I can – largely I think you're right. Young Bucks are going to win this and SEU is done and Double or Nothing will be the Christ, Christopher Daniels Memorial Double or Nothing. But, uh, but I think uh, – man, I, I can see the scenario, but I think you're right. I think Young Bucks are going to come away with it. <laughs> Uh, also on the show, Moxley and Kingston got a win over Knock and Omega, uh, but then not, uh, Kingston and Omega got, or Kingston and Moxley got jumped by the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers. So that's kind of feeding into what we're saying. BJ types in with Lucha Bros. Yeah, SCU versus Lucha Bros. That's a that'd be a great pay per view match if they want to go that direction. So be up for that. Yeah, and best friends too. Actually, you know the SCU, you know, and best friends have known each other forever. So that could be a, a potential something. So in uh in reading back through here, next week we've got the Bucks versus SCU, we got Pac versus Orange Cassidy, we have an interview with Jade Cargill. Will she reveal a manager? I mean, she keeps saying she doesn't need one, but yet she's taking offers. So, <laughs> so I don't I need nobody, but come at me with some good stuff. I just think it, Pinnacle. She's got to join the Pinnacle. That's that's what she's got to do. <laughs> uh Cody announces his double or nothing plans as, as mentioned Miro versus Darby Allen for the TNT championship. And then also Yuji Nagata versus John Moxley for the IWGP United States championship. I'm looking forward to this because Nagata, Nagata doesn't have a lot of good matches, but he's good for a couple of years. And I think with Moxley as his dance partner, this could be, I'll say it'll probably be a, a brawl. It'll probably be a slugfest, but I think that style will get over. So, oh yeah, you know, high hopes, high hopes. Absolutely, yeah. That's uh, I'm looking forward to that one, and I'm looking forward to maybe some fallout around it too. Like I, I think it'll end interestingly. Yeah, and New Japan has two major shows coming up: stadium shows 
in Japan, one around the 15th and one at the end of the month. Um, it'd be hard for Moxley to be at Double or Nothing and the stadium show. Uh, in fact, it'd be impossible because you couldn't quarantine in time. So unfortunately, I don't think Moxley is going over there. Uh, but still, man, I would like to see Moxley go over to Japan and maybe we'll get some fallout from this to, to allow him to do so. I think that's it for Blood and Guts. Got a lot of show left to do this morning, though, so uh, I guess we should move on. Anything else, John? Uh, I think I think we hit it all. We got uh, we talked about well, we hit uh, Britt Baker. She got a ninety second win over uh, a, a young lady named Hart from Calgary. Julia. Uh, yeah. Yes. And uh, I should we should mention that she also that's the first match that was announced for Double or Nothing is Britt Baker versus Hikaru Shida. Much anticipated, much planned. Everybody saw this one coming. In fact, we all thought it was going to be at Revolution. Yeah, and we exactly. wouldn't have been surprised if it was at full gear. But, <laughs> you know, but here we are. Uh, here we are. We're finally getting around to it. Yeah, they do some long-term storytelling at AEW. Now, Sheeta has established that belt, though, right? I mean, she's beat everybody. She's I I want to I have to go check her record. I'll do that after the show. But man, she just has a ton, a ton, a ton of wins. So. Uh, she has set a standard for that belt. So if this is where she drops it, good luck, Britt Baker, living up to that. So I do want to mention that uh, today's history lesson has a tie-in with AEW, the exploding barbed wire tie-in. Uh, on this day in 19... Oh, you know what? Sorry, that was that's coming up later, but I might as well do it now. Onita defeated Terry Funk years ago in an exploding barbed wire landmine match. In 1993, that was. And now that was not mentioned on yesterday's show, but that yesterday was the anniversary of that. Also, later in the day yesterday, Onita announced the formation of a new exploding deathmatch company that's coming. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's your news around that. Um, the, the history for today is that Kerry Von Erich won the NWA Heavyweight Championship from Ric Flair in 1984. And another NW era AEW tie-in is in 2011. Randy Orton beat Christian for the World Heavyweight Championship. It was Christian's first world title, and he hold me held it for a week. The internet exploded. <laughs> <laughs> All right, other top stories. Major League Wrestling had the last show of their season yesterday, and the main event was Myron Reed challenging Leo Rush for the World Middleweight Championship, and Myron Reed won. So he got that championship belt back. Also, a whole bunch of other news coming out. Alicia Atu announced that MLW is reloading rosters with free agents and international superstars that will be there in July uh, in Philadelphia at their next show. So uh, apparently they're doing an overhaul. So we'll see what comes out of that. Now, Alexander Hammerstone has been all over Jacob Fatu to try to get a world title match. And Yosef uh, Semiel... He apparently has blocked Hammerstone, but there is an event coming up called Battle Riot, and the winner of Battle Riot will get a shot, no matter what, whether it's Hammerstone or not. So there you have that. That was probably going to be Hammerstone. And El Jefe from Azteca Underground ends up being a character from Lucha Underground, and he has sacrificed Selena Del Renta. So he'll also be there in July. So When they come back to those July that. matches... Uh... We've got people in the building, right? Yes, yes. 
July, there's going to be people in the building for MLW. They're July in Philly. There's they've got Chicago or Chicago and Texas dates out there as well. So they are planning a full return in the fall or the summer into the fall. So speaking of having people in the building, double or nothing, AEW's uh, President Tony Khan on Busted Open Radio yesterday told us that they expect full capacity at double or nothing. So uh, I don't know what the building holds. We were talking about it beforehand. It's probably, it's, you know, it's not an 18,000 seat arena. It's an amphitheater. So it'll be, but it'll be a good crowd. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure they're going to have 5,000 people there at least for this. So um, very interesting. Uh, I think that as far as I know, they're going to be the first non-socially distant uh, event you know, wrestling event, I should say. It's certainly, okay, let me let me rephrase it. It's the first company to advertise a non-socially distant wrestling event. So um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, hopefully they, hopefully they have a good, they have good ticket sales and, um, you know, it's been worth their wait. So they also announced a global shop yesterday. They claim for reduced shipping costs and quicker delivery time. And God, I hope so. Takes forever if you want an AEW piece of merchandise. <laughs> um, and then Ring of Honor, they identified Roxy as the first woman for the Ring of Honor Women's Tournament. She wrestled last week in a tag team match, and she here's the interesting thing about Roxy, John. She started when she was 13 years old, and then you know getting trained by a couple of local guys, and then at 16. She went to old Booker T and got some training. And then she's done some more training with others along the way. But she's now 19 years old, and she is uh, she is in the fold at Ring of Honor. She'll be in the women's tournament. So. Wow. That's, that's yeah, it is, wow. quite a resume already you know, to, to have that many years in the business. That'll be, some, that'll be the big thing when she's, when she's 25. They'll be talking about how she's a 12-year veteran. <laughs> you know? That's insane. <laughs> And Sumi Sakai defeated Vina Von Star on yesterday's episode of ROH Women's Wednesday. Vina Von Star attacked Sumi after the match. So more to come there, I'm sure. Okay, in WWE news, Titus O'Neil has been announced as part of the Boys and Girls Club of America Hall of Fame. So congratulations, Titus. That's obviously well-deserved, right? He's always doing things with the Boys and Girls Club. Yeah, if there's one thing we know about Titus O'Neil, he is a top-flight human being. You know, he just yes. he's always doing stuff for the community, especially for children. You know, we, we barely ever get to see him in the ring these days, but uh, he's certainly doing work all over the place to you know make this world a better place. He's a great ambassador for WWE. I mean, really, and he did not start. You know, he didn't have a great easy start to life. You know, his mom. I believe my story is correct here, but his mom was actually raped and when she was really young. And that's the birth of Titus O'Neil. So his mom, single mom, and she was very, very young. Uh, so he was definitely disadvantaged. So um, it's great to see him rise into you know the spot that he is now and, and great for Titus. BJ pops in here with you know the uh, Boys and Girls Club. It's a great cause and he's cool to see Titus get some recognition, especially around children. Absolutely. Good for Titus. Good for WWE. And a, and a fun bit of news, RK Bro 
according to PW Insider, they have heard from inside the company that inside WWE that RK Bro is a plan for a substantial run. And don't worry, merchandise is coming. So, thank goodness. <laughs> you know, I really enjoyed Matt Riddle and Pete Dunn. I know some some people loved it. Some people were like, "Yeah," but I thought it was great. You have Matt Riddle, the big comedy goof act, who is also a very serious wrestler, by the way, and then you have Pete Dunn, who is a straight man. And you got the same thing with Randy Orton now. He's a straight man. We're going to see Randy Orton turn face. <laughs> you know, it's going to be great. So, uh, for however long it lasts, it'll be a lot of fun. They'll sell some good merch. Uh, they'll probably win the tag team championships because they'll hit a RKO and a floating bro on AJ Styles while almost is, I don't know, clipping his fingernails or something. <laughs> He's he'll be well distracted, I'm sure. So, yeah, yeah, and you know, it. it I think that this has the potential to work out even better than Pete Dunn because Randy can actually, you know, Pete Dunn's not a big talker. You know, he's, he's been doing a lot of self-promotion recently on NXT, but he's not much for chit-chat. Not that Randy is, but their back and forth already has been fantastic. You know, this week we're riddled and like, we're undefeated, man. We've literally had one match. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're absolutely right pete dunn is the you talk too much character where randy orton exactly. is known for running his mouth <laughs> you know actually is one of the strongest points about randy orton uh you know bj pot chiming in again odd couple tag teams like that are great it's weird seeing orton as a face yep that's exactly right uh it's still a little weird but you know we'll i think we'll overcome this i think we're gonna love this run so WWE won 17 Communicator Awards at the 27th Annual Communicator Award uh, event or whatever. And I didn't know there was such a thing, but there's been 27 <laughs> years of them. So it must be a big deal. It must have a lot of categories. But a lot of this was um, regarding some of the podcast work that uh, the New Day has done. And even Corey Graves got a shout out. Some of the docuseries. John, it's the stuff you and I talk about all the time that... Everyone, you know, sometimes you struggle to get through Raw, but man, if you take all the stuff out and then make a video package, WWE has got that down. <laughs> oh, they hit that out of the park every time. <laughs> it no is, one's better at, at retelling the story of WWE than WWE. Yes, and uh, yeah, and that's why some people can watch pay-per-views and nothing else and still know everything that happened because they, you know, those video packages are wonderful. But they also, is some of their documentary work, WWE 24 and Untold and those kind of things that they're getting recognized for. So, And those are great, as we know. So, Impact Wrestling, some news coming out of Impact uh, before we get into the Impact preview. But Impact announced a deal with Samsung Plus, and although it's not exclusive like WWE and Peacock, it is very similar to that deal. It seems like that the Impact Plus content will be available on Samsung Plus. So uh, if anybody gets that, that's listening to this, let us know how that looks, because I I'm certainly would like to know. And then Slammiversary. Slammiversary. PW Insider is reporting that the schedule, the date for Slammiversary in live in Nashville will be July 17th. 92 days after the big release from WWE. So uh, obviously there's going to be some talks. Hopefully there's some contracts. Hopefully some people show up. Uh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Yeah, they, they built their summer around, uh, you know, scooping up some of the 
uh, future endeavors class of 2020. So I assume this year, uh, this summer will be much the same. We'll, we'll get a couple of nice little surprises. They can at least pull on our heartstrings, right? Like they can at least make us think that's going to happen, even if it doesn't. So. <laughs> well, I hope it does. So, um, in somewhat sad news, though, Tommy Dreamer has been battling COVID nineteen for twenty four days. Uh, this was announced yesterday, so I suppose now it's twenty five days. During the illness, Tommy actually feared for his life. He continues today to be worried about some varicose veins and some blood clots, and he also fears that he may have long-term impacts on his health from the disease. So uh, God best wishes to Tommy dreamer. I hope he, uh, hope he recovers fully uh, regardless of his fears and that, you know, we see him back on impact and everywhere else. Absolutely. Get better Tommy. Yeah. So let's uh, transition into impact for tonight. We have a whole bunch of stuff advertised. It's actually been, very very nice that they have this much advertised, but we have three more qualifying matches for the six-pack challenge or whatever to determine Kenny Omega's number uh, contender. So we got Moose versus James Storm. We got Rhino versus Chris Saban, and we got Trey versus Rohit. I think when we look at this, it looks like Moose, Rhino, Trey, right? Like that's, if I'm going to call it down the middle, those are who I, who I would say. But, I, you know, impact will be impact. We don't know. Exactly. We do not know. Yeah, you, you might get, you know, Rohit in there somehow just because Impact wants to kind of mix things up a little. He's a good character actor. You know, it's it's fun. So, and uh, and Moose has lost, what, like two matches in two years? So, you know, it's probably he's probably due for James Storm to beat him. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I will say, I will say, when I look at Impact's roster, I think Moose and Omega is a money match. I do think yeah. that they can sell some pay-per-views on that because uh, he's. it's believable that Moose could beat him. It's not so much believable that Rhino or Saban or Storm or Trey or Rohit are going to beat Kenny Omega. Yeah, Had it been anyone else, uh, you know, a, a couple of months ago, if it had not been Rich Swan and it wasn't so tantalizing to move forward to Omega and Rich Swan. I mean, yeah, we, we could have already seen Moose and Omega, but it was just you couldn't Omega. Now, Sammy Callahan is, seems to have maybe gotten into the match on a technicality last week with a DQ win. Um, at least that's the official impact report. We haven't, we haven't really gotten a confirmation on that. But if that's the case, we know that Kenny and we know that Sammy are both big fans of the barbed wire events. So they could potentially be teasing us for, um, you know, Kenny Omega barbed wire exploding death match part two, this time featuring Sammy Callahan and an exploding. <laughs> we shall yep. see. Uh, New Japan star Al Phantasmo will be on the show. ELP. He is the current Super J Cup champion. He is a former IWGP junior heavyweight tag team champion. He is a star, he is a heel. He will be great in the X division. So I hope that's the plan. And then again, you know, John, I've been talking about, you've said this is the year of Ace Austin. I'm saying this is the year where Impact loses every belt. <laughs> so so maybe ELP comes in, takes that X division championship to New Japan, and eventually Impact's going to be looking around saying, where's all our belts? We better start over. So True. Yeah. Susan versus Taylor Wilde on the show tonight. 
Doc Gallows versus Juice Robinson, Kiara Hogan versus Rachel Ellering, and on before the impact, BTI, Jake Something versus Shira. Full lineup for Impact tonight. On NXT UK this afternoon, we have Ilya Dragunov versus Dave Mastiff. We have the Supernova Sessions with Nathan Frazier. We have a Loser Leaves NXT UK match between Amir Jordan and Kenny Williams. John, you got a thought on that? Who's leaving town here? I, re- I do not. Under my head, I'll say Kenny Williams takes the match. But, you know, either one of them has a whole, you know, 205 live to go play with uh, when they come stateside. So, I, you know, it really could go either way in my mind. But I'm not well steeped in NXT UK. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I've watched almost every single episode, but Kenny Williams is definitely the guy they're going with as like a potential star. And it's almost like, okay, does the loser here get the rub and get to go to fight Santos Escobar down the road, or is it, (laughs) or is it the winner that gets kind of elevated? Yeah, which side of this do you want to be on? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't quite tell at the moment. So, um, but I think Kenny Williams is definitely the one that they're grooming. And Amir Jordan's there, and he does well, too. But I think Kenny Williams is the guy that we're supposed to have our eye on. So whether he wins or we lo- he loses, I think we are bound to see him kind of progress. So, okay. Well, I've got a couple of things left. I do want to talk about Daniel Bryan. We're going to talk about that at the end, though. So here's what we're going to get to into now. It is time for the Daily Wrestling News Show Gauntlet. So let me uh, play the bumper here while I get ready. Okay, John, here are the rules. Only one person can get a point this week. Will it be you? I'm going to give you the name of a show, and you have to start naming wrestlers that wrestled in matches on that show. Go until you give me a wrong answer. You have to beat three. Travis, Al Carl, and John Smith were able to get three correct answers. Uh, and if you could do better, then you will win. Now, you just said in the last segment that you're not well steeped in NXT UK. This might come as a problem because your event is NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool from January 12th, 2020. Everybody else got main roster events, but the other ones were fairly obvious after yeah, I got yeah. past those ones. So, okay, the Blackpool. So I'm gonna just go crazy and say that uh, Walter was on that card. Walter was on the show. Correct. One point. Uh, and you got to get four because I don't know what to do if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody uh, else gets a point, and you don't. Maybe I. Don't. <laughs> uh, uh, one of my favorites on the roster, uh, uh, Dave Mastiff. Whew! Right up at the top of the card, uh, or the bottom of the card, Dave Mastiff defeated Cassius Ono. So. Oh shoot! I took Cassius. I hope you weren't going to guess him because I, <laughs> I probably wasn't. Um, it might have been a dark match, so you're so you're okay there. Uh, let's go with Gary's boy uh, Jordan Devlin. 
Jordan Devlin on the card. Yes. And by the way, that Dave Mastiff was on the, he was at the event and it was taped for broadcast for a future episode, but I gave everybody else the pre-show. So I'm going to give you that. Okay. Okay. Um, 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 what else do I know about NXT UK? <laughs> uh, let's go with uh, the forever champion, Kaylee Ray. Kaylee Ray on the card. So you're up to four now. Yeah. Good. Okay. That's probably where I would run out. <laughs> you, uh, you've taken the week, but let's see. See if you can get any more. Uh, who else? Who else? Who else? Um, 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 how about... How about how about my girl Tony Storm? Tony Storm on the card. She lost to Kaylee Ray. Okay, and that's probably where I run out of NXT. <laughs> <laughs> I'll quit while I'm ahead. You throwing in the towel? Yeah, yeah, it's happening. Okay, well you know you got the win, so I guess you can do that. Um, the other match that was taped for NXT UK is Joseph Connors versus A Kid. And then we also had on the opening contest of the actual show was Eddie Dennis versus Trent Seven. Kaylee Ray actually beat Tony Storm and Piper Niven. Tyler Bate beat Jordan Devlin. And then in a, a tag team match, Mark Coffey and Wolf Kang defeated Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel and Zach Gibson and James Drake and Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster. And in the main event, Walter defeated Joe Coffey. So there is your NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool 2 lineup. And John DeCani has scored five points and gets the point for the week. So. All right, everybody, stay tuned. We're going to talk about Daniel Bryan in a few minutes, but I'm going to first tell you about all the cool stuff that you can listen to and watch and purchase and whatnot in the in the next short time here. But stay tuned. we got Daniel Bryan talk coming up in just a minute. So first and foremost, go over and buy Sam Closers, a whole bunch of great shirts. A whole bunch of great shirts. The one I'm featuring on the show this week, uh, this month, is the Crucifix. And it comes in, it comes in all different shapes and sizes. Actually, it's a t-shirt. It comes in one shape. But all the sizes you want for <laughs> 20 bucks. Uh, super soft style already and includes shipping. So get over there and get the Crucifix t-shirt at bodyslamclothes.com for $20. Hey, the Body Slam Brigade newsletter, we didn't talk about that yet on the show, but we, I have over 4,100 subscribers getting the newsletter each and every week. And it's a great way to stay up to date on everything in pro wrestling, especially, especially if you can't afford to watch it five nights a week. Uh, I do, and I report on it here. So uh, get your Body Slam Brigade newsletter for free at bodyslambrigade.com. And then join Joey Jarzanka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca for the primetime rundown. Each Friday night, they take you through the world of sports. The show kicks off at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. Sign up at ProWrestlingPick'em.com right now to join the Pro Wrestling Fantasy world. You can create a league, join a league. You can join the Essential Wrestling Podcast League and compete against us, but what you're doing is you're logging your picks, you're making your predictions in public, and competing for points in a fantasy league. So it's a lot of fun. It makes us, uh, Al Carl always says, it makes you care about things you wouldn't normally care about. And he always cites the example of 
King Corbin. So you care about King Corbin matches, even even if you don't like King Corbin. Sorry, BJ, if you're still listening. <laughs> Say comment from BJ in three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Essential Wrestling Podcast. They have a uh, we do a league. Basically, the whole show is built around. Uh, our picks on Pro Wrestling Pick'em. So the Essential Wrestling Podcast, that comes out each and every Tuesday at 6 p.m. I'm always there. John DeCani is there. Al Carl is our host. And John Smith also is a regular with Gary Mahaffey. We do a week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. each and every Tuesday. We should be up to episode number 53 this Tuesday. So excellent work on the Essential Wrestling Podcast. And don't worry, John DeCani. BJ was still watching. (laughs) One more thing to tell everybody about, and that is this show, the Daily Wrestling News Show. We're here every day, Monday through Thursday at 10 a.m. And uh, we'll actually be here tomorrow. I'm interviewing Deshaun Whipple, host of The Whip Show. He will be uh, on to talk about the, the podcast that he's been doing for quite a while. He's had some really great guests on there, including yours truly, but... I am like the least profile guest that he's ever had on. Um, he's had on Joe Galley, who's the commentator for NWA. He had Joe Mendak, who was a referee for Ring of Honor, as well as a whole bunch of other people. He had Vince Russo on this season. Do check out the show tomorrow while I'm going to interview uh, interview Deshaun Whipple. And hopefully, maybe we have some secrets from him, and we can figure out how to get these great guests on the Daily Wrestling News Show. Here's so there you go. Uh, so... With that, uh, Al Carl chiming in to let us know everybody got a perfect pay-per-view last night on ProWrestlingPick'em.com. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, AEW gets a little chalky sometimes. You can usually know what's going to happen, which is why we like it. (laughs) (laughs) What we want to happen happens. So uh, with that, let's talk about Daniel Bryan. Let's talk about Daniel Bryan, John DeConte. So uh, I put out, and you can see on the website now at MinutesToBellTime.com, I put up my five dream opponents for Daniel Bryan if, in fact, he does not re-sign with WWE. Now, if he re-signs with WWE, there's still plenty of great dream opponents off the SmackDown brand, but I didn't focus on those. I focused on the outside. Uh, and I'll get into mine, but John, what do you think? What are your what are your thoughts? You got some dream opponents lined up for Daniel Bryan? Yeah, um, let's see. I Okay, so technically this is still if he re-signs with WWE, but if he decides to make a run at the NXT brand, mm-hmm. then you've got you know you've got you've got Gargano and Champa. You've even got Pete Dunne and Kushida down there. I mean, I you take my money for any of those matches. Yeah, and Roddy Strong too. Roddy yes, Strong. Too. Yeah. You got to got to figure out the, you know what the excuse is for him finding his way back, right? BJ chimes in. BJ only wants him to compete in triple threat matches for major belts from now on. So I appreciate it. I mean, that's not exactly what he said, but that, <laughs> a, that is a fun comment. Thank you, BJ. Um, so my dream opponents that I put out, I went to different brands. I, I tried to pick one from each different type of show. So Ring of Honor, I have selected Jonathan Gresham, and I want to do a pure rules match. Jonathan Gresham being the pure champion. Daniel Bryan being the last pure champion before the big uh, vacancy. You know, Nigel McGuinness lost it to Daniel Bryan in a unification match. So it's the belt that Daniel Bryan never lost. And that'll be an awesome match. Jonathan Gresham, one of the best technical wrestlers out there. 
So definitely want to see Daniel Bryan versus Jonathan Gresham if Daniel Bryan's available. Number number so that's number five. Number four on my list. TJP. TJP. He was there. He won the Cruiserweight Championship in WWE. Daniel Bryan was doing commentary. All of us became huge TJP fans if we weren't already because Daniel Bryan was so invested in TJP's success. Daniel Bryan put this guy over. And you know what? He had a he had a great Cruiserweight Classic. He had a short title run. He got out of WWE later. And he has been on fire everywhere else. He's working New Japan. He's working MLW. He's working Impact. Impact's where he works most consistently. So I'd like to see TJP versus Daniel Bryan in an Impact ring somewhere down the road. And for a super duper technical match from New Japan Pro Wrestling, Zack Saber Jr. If you look up, if you do your type it into your little Google machine, you'll find out that Zack Saber and Daniel Bryan have actually wrestled each other before. They did back in 2008 and 2009, way way back. The 2008 match is really easy to find, so you'll you'll have no problem when you type that into your Google machine. But these guys were so much more immature in their styles and their wrestling um, back then than they are now. Zack Saber is a complete unique style. John, have you caught any Saber matches recently? I uh, yeah, I caught one uh, not too long ago. Which one was it? Was it? It was. It was him. Was it him and Osprey? Ooh, he broke up there a little bit. But uh, uh well, did, did he fight? Uh, that's okay. He fought Osprey in uh, the 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 cup tournament, right? That Osprey would go on to win. Oh, John, you're breaking up terribly, but or maybe it's me. Uh. Will Ospreay, you've seen him wrestle Will Ospreay recently, um, but. Oh. Uh, it looks like our fearless leader is uh, all locked up. There we go. <sighs> well, we're battling some technical difficulties right at the 45-minute mark here, but hopefully we uh, persist through. Poor Zack Sabre didn't get his due there, but Zack Sabre, great match for Daniel Bryan. Let's get, make sure he gets to that. All Elite Wrestling, I think everybody's going to go, oh, yeah, he's got to fight Omega. Oh, yeah, he's got to fight Eddie Kingston or John Moxley. Of course. But I've selected Hangman Page. I think Page is a guy who will match up great with Daniel Bryan, and Hangman Page needs to wrestle top-tier guys like Daniel Bryan in really incredible matches. I think Paige is still a rising star. I would say he is a star, but he is still on the rise. And I think that if he had some big high-profile matches with guys like Daniel Bryan, especially if he wins them, I think it it really creates some star power for him. So I think Hangman Page is my guy from AEW that I'd like to see him wrestle. John, anybody from AEW that you'd, you'd want to see him connect with? Gee, I'd like to see Ray Phoenix wrestle everybody. So <laughs> him and Daniel Bryan would definitely be a dream match for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? And I think Orange Cassidy would have a great match with Daniel Bryan too. And so Pac, I think Pac he, too, he, probably. Yes. Yes. Of course. Pac might be one of the best, might maybe the best, you know, he might give Omega a run. He might mm. be the best all around guy on the roster. And then number one on the list. And I, and I don't know if this is our accurately ranked or whatever, but I have selected from the National Wrestling Alliance, Nick Aldis. And I think that this is more of a benefit for the NWA than it is for anything else because Nick Aldis is a great champion. 
They've done a lot of work to establish him as such. He's believable in the role. He's a good speaker, a good dresser, a good wrestler. He carries the 10 pounds of gold like a champion, but he lacks opponents. He needs high-profile opponents to establish himself and the brand. So I think if you know if Daniel Bryan's going to take select dates with these promotions, I think Nick Aldis is a great uh, loss for Daniel Bryan to take in terms of a benefit for the wrestling business. You know, I think that's how I've looked at this whole thing: is how can Daniel Bryan best impact the wrestling business? And that's why I picked a guy like Hamian Page, who I think would benefit greatly, and Nick Aldis, who. Would you know this? This would be a great benefit to the National Wrestling Alliance and would make it raise its profile and stuff. So, these are my thoughts. So, um, John, having heard my big list, anything else on your on your mind? Uh, the one other thing, uh, yeah, there's there, there's a couple other that would be interesting, but the the, the one that I think probably everyone's talking about. So, you know, not like uh, I'm really digging new ground here, but wouldn't it be amazing if Daniel does show up back in ring of honor where he kind of, you know, made his bones and wow, was that boy, wasn't that great. And Oh my God, he's back. And on that same night, he gets interrupted by Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe. Yep. That's that's a money match as well. Anywhere. And uh, those are two ring of honor guys, ring of honor guys. Uh, Joe, one of the, one of the guys who saved ring of honor, along with CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, just a long, long mainstay there. So that's a great match. And I think that Ring of Honor is the right place for it. So let's hope. Let's hope. All right. With that, John, I think we have, we're at 49 minutes. This might be the longest episode you and I have ever done. But I think we've done the wrestling news justice for the day. Any thoughts as we close the show? No, just uh, another another fun show. A lot of I love doing this fantasy booking with you, so a, a lot of fun as always. So, absolutely. Well, like I mentioned, we have a big interview with Deshaun Whipple tomorrow from the Whip Show podcast. So do check us out tomorrow at ten a.m. And for John, I'm Ryan. We'll see you tomorrow.